Welcome to the How's Your Soul podcast. My name is Andrew, and you are listening to Season 1, Episode 29, Music That Moves the Soul. In this episode, I want to talk about how music is deeply connected to the human experience and the soul, and how it can become a part of how we grieve, how we celebrate, meditate, work, workout, romance, etc. Some of our deepest core memories are connected to music. I also want to talk about worship and what it means for our soul to engage in music directed towards God. So I'm a huge fan of music. Uh, for those who know the Enneagram, you'll get a kick out of this. Uh, I'm a three, okay, wing four. I know a four, he's a good friend of mine. And a wing four or a four just means you're kind of like the individualist. You have a lot of um, expressed creativity. You like to be unique. You like to run in your own lane. And I think in the way that it expresses itself in music choice, is very apparent because I, I do think that there are like three kind of different people when it comes to music and and looking for music right there's group one who's just kind of like they've found their niche and that's all they listen to they don't even look for new music anymore they kind of have like their four or five bands artists albums and they just kind of like circulate those i don't know if age has anything to do with this but i do know that more people who fit in this category also happen to be older than myself <laughs> and they go they just kind of find their lane i don't know and they love they love that they love the music choices then there's kind of a middle ground where, where i kind of will throw myself into where i have for sure core music that i love listening to i can go back to and listen anytime and just feel oh, like ah, oh, just gets me amped up but then i'm always looking for new stuff right like the spotify release radar pfft, love that like i want to see new things that my artists are releasing or get exposed to other artists that i haven't heard about before love that and then there's the final category which if you're a four in the anagram you'll probably relate to this uh you right you just are constantly looking for new music and never want to be mainstream right mainstream is just for some reason it just means bad music at that point that's not true but you know what i get it right you're always looking for the new thing you're always looking for that niche artist that like nobody's discovered yet you discovered them and you start following them and um and you just enjoy the journey of of finding new artists that you can add to your playlist i would put myself as number two uh, i love finding new music but i also have some core music that is kind of derived from like different parts of my childhood and uh, different parts of my story, and I, I think that's kind of how music ends up shaping itself in the in the soul. That memories and things surrounding music, not necessarily music itself, though I do think that music in and of itself is incredibly powerful, as we'll talk about. But typically, like connected to a memory, it becomes so deeply integrated into your core being. And I, I can distinctly remember very specific songs. Um, one of them is Blue by John Bellion, uh, which was a big song that my wife and I used to listen to a lot. Uh, and it's like kind of kicked off our relationship. I can remember kind of here's more of a story a little bit deeper. Uh, when I was fired from being a youth pastor, I actually ended up showing to, up to service that, that like next Sunday. So once I got the news, like, Hey, we're, we're firing you. We're removing you from the, from a youth pastor position. 
um, but we still want you to be a part of the community. We still want you to be a part of uh, what's happening here. We want you to be what we want to restore you was the original goal that never happened, but whatever. And, um, and so I showed up that next Sunday and there is this song called the King of my heart by Bethel. And I think, uh, who was the lead singer? Stephanie Gretzinger, Gretzinger. I think I'm pronouncing it right. Uh, but I know it's by Bethel, uh, King of my heart. And if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. Uh, it's, a powerhouse of a song, an anthem of a song. And I remember singing that and just being like crazy emotional because the whole like chorus of the song is you are good. You are good. You are good. You are good. And when all these things are going on, right. When, when there's wind inside my sails, right. When all this stuff is happening, right. You are, you're, you're good. I know that you're good. And for me, I'll never, I'll, I don't think I'll ever forget that moment. It'll be cemented in my core memories as sitting next to the, now there's so much here, but next to a mentor who, who later stopped becoming my mentor for obvious reasons. I think I've mentioned some of them in the podcast, um, singing that song corporately, not just by myself, corporately with the church and just like, you are good. God, you are good. No idea what's going on. No idea what's happening, right? This does, this feels out of my control. I feel like I, I couldn't have seen this coming. I feel like I had no idea what was happening here, but you're good. You got this. Uh, I know you have me. And, and I was just remember like singing that over and over and I would take that back to my apartment. And anytime I'd really just get super depressed um, through my that season of life when I was looking for a new job, I would come back to the song and I, I just had to remind myself because, because in the moment God didn't feel good. He felt like maybe um, he was punishing me for something that I was like trying to figure out. I didn't know quite like what was happening or that he was distant or that he was angry. And there's all these emotions that I'm, I'm trying to process in figuring out the nature of God and, and how God is relating to me. And then I kept coming back to this and said, you know what? Here's something that's a staple. That no matter what I think God is, I know that he is good. And it was it was super emotional. Um, even if I think about it long enough, I'll probably get emotional again because it's a really impactful song in my life. And it means a lot to me. And if, if I were to kind of redirect my experience to you, I feel like you probably have um, songs that you not necessarily cling to, but have become deep-seated memories in your life whether that's maybe a, a similar instance of like you found the love of your life and there was a song that, that like bonded you to and connected you to and like that song is going to be a part of your history forever or it's just shared music like I remember um one of the first dates ever this is so Christian corny I almost hate saying it but it was so it was fun in the moment uh we were driving so we worked in Montana this is actually how I met my wife we were working a job in Montana She's from Carolinas. I'm from Virginia. Well, I'm from Boston, but most of my life, adult life was spent in Virginia. Anyway, we ended up meeting in Montana and the closest place to like have a date, I kid you not, was in Canada. You had to cross, cross the border. And as soon as you cross the border, you go through one really, really, really tiny town. And then once you go through that tiny town, there's a bigger town that has like um, it has like Starbucks. It has, it has all these like grocery stores. It has a movie theater. Like it just has things that you can do. And so 
um, we were going on this kind of big day date. And one of the things that we did was we kind of like joked, but also like um, reminisced on some of these like really old corny Christian songs from like, oh gosh, I can't remember some of the names, but like Reliant K from Chris Tomlin from uh third day from i mean just like old old school old school i know they're still producing music now (laughs) they're not like dead or anything but like their music is really old (laughs) their music's crazy old and uh and so we're just reminiscing about like these just old songs that we used to sing in church and old songs that we used to like really enjoy because that's kind of what we're exposed to and obviously our music choices have changed so much now but there are these there's all these songs that are really connected to the soul and, and they're connected to a core memory. And I think it strengthens that core memory for some reason, right? Like I know so many people talk about like their first dance, um, with their spouse or like the, the you know, that first or that like, um, father, daughter dance or like, um, mother, son dance, you know, that's usually like really deeply integrated. They can remember that song that, that they played for that moment, or at least definitely the parents can. Um, and, and so these core memories become like cemented by this glue and the glue is music and it just entwines the soul into something so much deeper and more emotional, which is which is um, so challenging for me. Right, I was at church today, and 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 I really struggle with corporate worship. I just like I have a hard time getting into corporate worship. I'm, I'm I love like I'm going to share some music uh, in this podcast because I just hey let's just talk about music that I love, and but I have a really hard time like engaging in worship corporately and I and I really feel more expressive when I'm like by myself in the car or by myself here in the room even when I'm working like if I'm working remote and I just have like some jams going on while I'm just like doing like a design project which is it's not brainless but it's just kind of like repetitive tasks um, I can really just feel I mean I'll even get up you know and start moving around because it's so good and I'm just I'm jamming out but corporate worship can be really really difficult for me and uh you know, I was kind of, I'm reflecting on why that is. And, uh, I think, I think worship, I think music kind of taps into a, a more emotional side of you, right? Like I often think, um, it's hard to be totally stoic and analytical when it comes to music. And there are, don't get me wrong. Like there's like, there's like audio files out there and they're like, you know, knee deep and like the sound and like the ambience and how it's being EQ'd and like the, they're really like dissecting it and they're, they're looking at it and they're, they're looking at the lyrics and how they're connected in the story that tells. And they're like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And they pick it apart and it becomes this like philosophy and ideology that's being pulled out of this song. And they're really into it and don't, I mean, there's some really cool stuff there, but I do think like music really taps into that more emotional side of your person, of your brain, of your character of who you are of the soul and there's that right there that common phrase that soul music soulful music right music for the soul and because i think it really fills up a, a part of who we are that can't be filled up by anything else like i think i literally think music is a beautifully created component from the creator himself Right. He set that into our hearts and our hearts desire to create meaningful sounds. And I love that because people for obviously since the beginning of time has expressed part of who they are, not just through conversation and debate and argument and not even written material like poetry, but it even transcends the written and the verbal into this melodic rhythmic 
uh, musical composition and it's become a science and it's become uh, it, it's become like revolutionized over and over and over again but the basis kind of remains the same it's this like inward expression it's this expression of self this soulful pour over into your work into what you're producing and creating and so it's so cool I have been on this kick for a long time not a long time I take that back just a few months which is a long time for me with music. Uh, call, there's a song called Captured by Isle Vista Worship and Mark Barlow. And again, I'm, I think I should just link all of this, actually. I have a bunch of songs. I'm just going to link them in the show notes because they're so good. Like sometimes I'll come across a song and it'll actually speak into like new knowledge of myself or of God. You know, I think like like a, a really uh, controversial one. It's not. It's really not controversial for anyone else besides those inside the church and like those actually working for the church. But I remember when Reckless Love came out. Let me look this up. I remember when Reckless Love came out. Here we go. Reckless Love by uh, Corey Asbury. And I'm looking at the lyrics right now on Google. Um, Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. Let's see where it gets to the real controversial stuff. Um, yeah, okay, so I think it's the chorus, maybe it's the bridge, it says, oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God, chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99, speaking to, like, the sheep, right, the sheep that's led astray, leaving the sheep, going, going for the one that's left the flock, couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it, still you give yourself away, oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. I, I can remember, this is when music becomes um, in the way rather than an experience, I literally remember sitting um, in church meetings about whether we will allow reckless love to continue being sung at our church, which in hindsight, this is freaking stupid, but we were um, there was a theological conversation around the idea of reckless, like is God's love reckless? And obviously, from his perspective, it's not, right? It's totally planned. He knows everything that he's doing. His love surpasses, like, a com- like the, the idea that it's just, like, this reckless throwaway. But for a human being experiencing the love of God, potentially for the first time, it does feel reckless, right? For a lot of people who have had an experience with God, they're not in the most best of places, they're, most of the time, they're at the lowest point of their life, right? They, they consider themselves a throwaway, right? A nobody. And yet God has weaved through everything to reach them, to impact their life, to show that he's there for them. So, yeah, that feels reckless, right? God gets his hands dirty. God humbles himself and puts himself on your level to communicate and interact and love you. That feels really reckless. Anyway, that song, when I remember hearing that, it was, it was like another powerful moment for me. It actually spoke into how I saw God. I was like, God, wow, your love, it's like, it, it is so powerful. We perceive it as reckless. And so I think music can do that too. It can, it can say things that um, it just, it, do, it doesn't have the same oomph. Uh, as like a book or just being said as like a in a pastorally way or through a message or through um, a blog or something like that like music somehow captures a deeper essence of our of our soul uh huge john bellion fan huge 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 john bellion fan 
Uh, I loved so much of his music. It'd be a dream uh, for me to have him on the podcast because I think he just thinks about music so differently and he often connects it to the who God is. And so he's come out with music like Stupid Deep that I think is so good. He's come out with a song called Ma's Joint about his grandmother that's going through um, uh, Alzheimer's and is, is just being is like forgetting who she is and forgetting her family and 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 he's processing through this experience through the lens of his mother oh it's like freaking good dude like i cry man when i showed it to my mom she cried dude it's such a good song um i'm a huge fan of king's kaleidoscopes who's a band that came out of mars hill if you remember mars hill uh mark driscoll was kind of the leader of that church and, and mark driscoll there's a whole whole story whole story again there's a podcast called the rise and fall of mars hill a uh, really great podcast that explores kind of what happened there and, and, and how Mar, uh, Mark kind of rose to fame and then fell in his fame and uh, kind of like literally in, in falling just exploded the whole church and the whole church kind of fragmented and shattered. King's Kaleidoscopes was one of the main bands of that church has since left and formed a very successful music career, but they they have so much music that just speaks so deeply to present circumstances and experiences. And again, because it's music because it's a song for some reason the soul attaches itself to the meaning so much easier right it's like i can i don't know conceptually what it is but it's like i can go to a book and read the same thing and then yet experience it in a song and my soul seems to lurch and connect to to the meaning that that song has and find meaning in its own way based on my current circumstances and situations and then there it goes it forms a core memory similar to right when we're talking about king of my heart at the very beginning with bethel music it's like i can read that and i can see god is good and i've read that a zillion times in a zillion different books and messages and i've heard that a lot like god is good yeah god is good cool got it right there's so much literature out there but for some reason that song connected to my soul in such a deeply integrated way that's become part of a core memory for me and I carry it around and it's a it's a kind of like a a prized song for me right like it's it's music that that sits on a whole different tier than all these other than all these other music and, and very few songs ever reach that tier it usually has to do with circumstances surrounding it um, and so I think music and I'm curious your experience with music there's obviously a lot of ways music kind of plays into its existence. It could be purely for entertainment, right? And you just kind of enjoy the rhythm and the beat, right? And you're, right, you're like at the club and there's like this huge just bass beat, right? And you're just like really in it. And it's this kind of just enjoyable experience. Uh, I think oftentimes music can be um, like ex- explorative in its in its lyrics right like it's proposing a question or an idea you know not a huge fan but like eminem like pose a lot of crazy deep questions oh there's another christian rapper um oh gosh i think his name is nf right nf i used to listen to him a lot nf all i have let's see some of his music nf this is all live um, by the way, which is, I just kind of felt like I wanted to just poke around kind of like what I normally do with music. I'll just take you in and this is what I do. I just like explore and I'm just like, go down a rabbit trail. Yeah. Yeah. The search, if you want what I love, lie, remember this paralyzed, let you down. He's, he talks a lot about things that are just contemplative and really dives into 
the human experience. John Bellion, one of my favorites. Again, we talked about that. He does that in a different way. So sometimes I feel like music is like explorative and it's like talking about the deeper issues of life. It's causing you to question and think and challenge your ideology and philosophy. And you're, and you're like sitting there and experiencing this. That's what's so cool about music is it is the invitation is so easy for our soul. You know what I mean? Like like music is such a such an easy way for for you to jump into the experience being brought out through the artist or the band and and how it's being produced. It's like your soul just connects to that. And so I think that's another way. I feel like music is um could be at times like a, a, a way to cope. You know, like for me, I think the king of my heart by Bethel was a coping mechanism. It was, a, it was a song that delivered me through really hard mental battles and struggles and put, kept me going. And I know, oh man, I can remember this so vividly. I can't remember the song though because it didn't impact me as directly. When Have I shared this on the podcast? There was a friend of mine who died in a just a freak car accident. Uh, he broke down on the side of the highway, went under the car to fix it. The car crushed him. Newly married, like two weeks, newly married. A huge part of the high school ministries and middle school ministries. One of the main speakers, a huge influence outside of church to just people who um, are not your current typical Baptist Christians. Right. You can read into that. Right. These people lived a variety of different lifestyles and often felt like the church was a place where they couldn't even step foot. Right. Because they are like they they didn't feel cleaned up or they didn't feel valued enough to like, hey, no church would ever want me. This dude would was there for them, man. And and his life was a huge testament to how good God is and the power that God can have through the life of one human. I remember his family the Sunday after he died in church second or third row and there is a song very similar to the king of my heart about how how god is good how he's there for you and they were just they were weeping and yet they were singing and i i will never like forget seeing that and my heart was like oh you know it it was so deep and so real and and like Listen, I when I sing in church, half the time, more than half the time, I'm just being honest, I'm just doing it. My heart isn't really like in it. Like and I, I said at the beginning, I'm kind of, I kind of struggle with corporate worship. It's hard for me. But gosh, when I see moments like that, it, my my soul is so lit up. Like the, when they were just, they're so authentically, like they were giving everything. They just lost their son. And they're singing from just such a depth from their soul. And this song had so much bigger meaning than probably anyone else in the room at the time to them. And I love that, that that the music can do that to the soul, that it can help the soul grieve. It can help the soul process. It can help the soul rejoice and it can help the soul uh, experience moments that that you're wrestling with right it's like it's like you're, you're constantly turning it over and you can't get it and you can't get it and you don't understand it and the song comes on it's like that's it like that's that's the essence of what i'm feeling that's who i am right now that's where i'm at right now and it's like you just connect with that and it's this moment of coping that your soul just like it's like elated that it's found this this 
this song that deeply connects to your present circumstances. And music can do that. And I think that is one of the most powerful forms of music out there is just music that is, it doesn't, it's not, it's intent isn't necessarily that, but for whatever reason, your soul hears that at the right moment. Maybe some would even say God ordained moment. And your soul is so deeply connected to it. I just think that's so beautiful. just mentioned a place of exploration it could be a place of entertainment it can be a source of of coping with your circumstances right challenges grieving hardship frustration anger like trying to find who you are i feel like all of these things music can be so instrumental to at the soul level it's beautiful and then there's more (laughs) it's like the info commercial right it's like and there's more and oftentimes it's like okay this is kind of a crappy product anyway but the beautiful thing about music is like it can do all those things and more and the and more part is even greater than everything we've talked about so far and that's this kind of element of music as worship music as worship and I would say before we dive into kind of the Christian thought and, and dive into the right, biblical theology, yada, 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 I would, I would make the argument that even if you don't follow Jesus, even if you aren't religious, you are worshiping something oftentimes through music, whether that's sex, status, money, whether that's individual creativity, whether that's individual expression, right? We, we all, our soul, like it, it desires to express itself musically. It's, I don't know. It's like a creative thing in our soul. It's like the heartbeat of our soul, the rhythm of of our soul. It screams expression. I mean, you look at like these movements of music like jazz and blues and, and literally soul. It's like it came from the depths of what what people were going through at the time. And, and like the only way that they could express themselves was through music. And so oftentimes we praise what we're, what we're, what we want, what we desire, what we're moving towards, um, what captures our soul, it becomes our focus. And so even if you're not religious, even if you're not praising God, I often would say you're praising something. Your, your, what your music says about you is a lot. Because I do think at the core fundamental level of the soul, it, it desires to praise, to just let out right? To breathe out part of who we are and that's expressed in our music. Um, so 
now segmenting ourselves kind of into the more biblical theology and 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 what this idea of worship means for us and praise means for us it's just riddled throughout the bible i mean the bible is is you can turn anywhere any book and there is an element of using music using song using rhythm to express our inward soulful desires to god and there's a few verses but there's literally hundreds you can look them up i'll just i'll just mention a few so Ephesians 5.19 would say, speaking, oh, this is, I love this, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Right? So there's like this corporate setting of like being able to uplift and encourage one another towards psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. But then there's like this corporate praise this transfer of soul from self to the to the higher like a higher power that being god right singing to him making music from our souls to the lord i love that concept colossians three sixteen would kind of a similar thing let the message of christ dwell among you richly right let it sink at that soul level as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through okay right so as we're receiving that and our soul's like our soul's like getting filled right and it needs to like bubble over it it's it's like wanting to express itself it's saying okay well yes amazing express yourself through express that 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 um that interaction with god that feeling of god that grace of god through psalms hymns and songs from the spirit singing to god with gratitude in your hearts and the last one i'll read again there's dozens more is psalms which is the up uh, like the epitome of uh, biblical liturgy and music, right? Just because it's David's song. This is David's songs. He wrote a lot of this. And obviously there's other authors that contributed to, to, to Psalms, but so much of the music that uh, was written here is from David's experiences in his heart and his soul. And he says in Psalms 150, 1 through 6, he says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him for the sounding trumpets. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with timbrel and dancing. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resonating cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. It's like, uh, also, by the way, really cool. The first and the bottom, they both say praise the Lord. There's some really cool Hebrew stuff going on there. Don't want to get into it, but Oh, just like beautifully crafted, beautifully written poetry. If it was ever developed into a song, which oftentimes these are, this would be a gorgeous song. Like, oh, composing this would be incredible. And that is just riddled throughout the Bible. This concept of using this soulful expression of music through sounds and instruments and voices to, and in rhythm, right? And, and, and lyrics to craft something so deep at the soul level that the soul just is expressing itself through this medium to God. And I think that does a few things. I think that does a few things to our relationship with God. And, and then I want to dive into corporate and then I want to dive into individual because I think, I think both of them kind of pose individual challenges. But I think as a whole, worship and praise is, is an opportunity to express our inward desires towards God himself. It's almost like prayer, right? When we're just sitting down, we're like, hey, God, like this is what's going on. God, but I know you're good. And God, I know, right? And we're kind of expressing ourselves. But for some reason, gosh, I don't know. Music almost taps into a deeper level of the soul in its expression towards God. 
it's not like it feels like it's more because like prayer and, and worship there's not like a like a tiered list in, in terms of like how we get closer to god and like worship's the highest setting but like worship is just this it's like this posture that our soul begins to take and it be it's an expressive posture and it's just kind of like almost like airing out like we're just kind of we're giving it we're giving it to god and we're saying god this is what i think this is what i'm feeling this is who you are and it's it's rhythmic and it's, it's it has this anthem to it it has this build to it and our soul just kind of gets into it it's amped up and i love it and and while prayer could do that i think i think worship really profoundly touches parts of our soul that can only connect to god through through music through worship i think worship is an opportunity to understand the goodness or the character of god there's a lot of amazing music out there um that writes profound theological characters of, of of the nature of God in their music and so as you're as you're singing this it's almost like your your faith is being strengthened because you're understanding the character of God even deeper right and it's this it's this soulful expression of like the the character of God like this is who you are God this is who you are and um I think that interaction with the soul and the song builds upon our faith. I really think it does that. I think music can literally build upon our faith in the way that's written in the in the in the composition of it all. It's it's a powerful medium for us to be able to connect to God deeper and knowing him deeper because the original composers of the song took that time to think deeply of the character of God and and write it into musical form. And it sticks. It sticks so much more than like memorizing a Bible verse in my opinion. I think we remember lyrics more, right? If I were to say Give me like the top five, uh, give, me, give me like the top five verses that you remember. You might struggle. But if I say, hey, remember, give me a top 10 songs, top 10, top 10 songs you remember. Give me like some lyrics from that song. Boom, 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 boom. Right? You just pop them off. There'd be so many you remember. Uh, because I think that's the nature of music. It, our soul just connects with it more. It can remember it more. It becomes part of our core memories more. And I think in terms of how we relate to God, it's, 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 it's foundational. It's like cement to our, our to our our relationship with God, I think worship does a really beautiful thing. I think I think fundamentally, I talked about posture, but I do think worship uh, is a is a recognition of hierarchy. So there's there's like a humbling element to worship, right? Where we're recognizing the power and kingship that God has, and that we kind of reside underneath that, and He is our Lord, and He is God. Right, and he is king. And so I think worship, like fundamentally, we're placing ourselves underneath that, which is also why, which is also why pause, which is also why I think it's really potentially threatening to the soul when we worship things that aren't God. Like when we worship sex, or when we worship authority, or we worship um when we worship another, or when we worship status, or when we worship power, when we worship um, pleasure, that's a big one in music, when we worship pleasure, every country song, uh, girls, girls, beers, and whatever, trucks, uh, right, when we worship these things, we're, we're submitting ourselves to them, we're declaring them Lord over our lives, right, we allow them to have authority into the everyday of our life, 
and that's what worship is subconsciously doing to our soul. Our soul is positioning itself. It's, it's, it's posturing itself underneath those things. And so when we do that in correspondence to who God is, we're properly positioning our soul to connect with and interact with God. It's beautiful. It's an amazing thing. And all of it happens, like, I can talk about this all day long and not truly understand how it happens, but it happens. Worship truly plugs us in to the hierarchy that we are meant to be in alignment with God. And we can we can begin to really experience God, hear from God, connect with God in ways that we never have before because we've positioned our soul appropriately. Last thing I want to talk about, corporate versus personal. Because as I said already like multiple times in this podcast, I really struggle with corporate. So let me talk about personal because I think personal is something that we can do right now starting right after this podcast. If you're listening to it in the car, turn this thing off and start... No, I'm just kidding. Throw on some worship music. But I do think um, individual worship is really powerful. It's really easy for me to be the king of my own world. It's really easy for me to start leading out of my own strengths. It's really easy for me to like start making decisions on my own wisdom. And while I think prayer and, deci- and, and, and there's other disciplines that help do this, like meditation and silence and solitude can help realign myself with God, I don't think any of them quite do it like worship. I think worship is so easy for the soul to connect with that it just, it just sits itself. It positions itself perfectly. Uh, when we need to interact with God and, and worship does something so beautiful with the soul um, where it's saying, yeah, God, you're in control here. And I'm going to sing these amazing, great things about you and who you are, because that's who you are. And that's what I need. And I need to know that. And I'm, so I'm going to position myself to be in that mindset, in that framework. And I'm going to live out, out that framework. I'm going to live in that framework. And, uh, and I'm going to admire that framework and pursue that framework. And so worship really does that really easy and, and fluently and so in our personal lives, when we when we commit to that, when we engage in that, um, it's it's really great uh, to, to to posture ourselves underneath the hierarchy of God. I think I think individual worship becomes more customized, right? There's like some music that I really get into, like uh, I talked about Captured earlier or King's Kaleidoscopes earlier. Honestly, even sometimes not even kidding. I sometimes even like worship with John Bellion songs. Uh, it just depends on where I'm at. Depends on where I'm at. But it's like highly, it's highly unique. It's customized to you and who you are. And so I think that's like that unique expression of yourself to God. You're saying, God, this is like the pieces of my soul that I can't quite speak, but they're here in this lyrical form, in this song form. And I'm going to speak them back to you. I'm going to sing them back to you. And I'm going to engage in this. And that's when I, I get amped. I literally start moving around. I start bobbing my head. I'm jumping up and down. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in it because I, I, I don't know. I can get amped. But oh my goodness. I went to a King's Kaleidoscope concert. And I think my wife saw a different side of me, for sure. I was, like, so zoned in. She couldn't even talk to me. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Right, like, I was so, like, soaking in every, this, like, whole experience because that was, like, the King's Kaleidoscopes has been an expression of my soul for so long uh, that it was amazing to see them live. Anyway, I think music totally has, I can totally do that. I think corporate worship can do that, but it's so hard. Maybe it's just me. I'm like, I'm like a really big critic, but I feel like I feel like oftentimes when we engage in worship, we kind of engage in, in what I would just call going through the motions of service. It's like this is what you do at church. You sing a few songs, you sit down, you pray, you get up, you listen to the message. Or not get up. You sit down, you listen to the message, you get up, you sing some songs, then you leave. It becomes this like I don't know, it's not discipline, but it becomes like it's just a routine on a Sunday. And I remember, um, oh, 
for better or for worse, I went for I went to Liberty University. I don't like to bring up Liberty because it has a lot of different connotations depending on who I'm talking to. Uh, I really enjoyed my time there, but gosh, there's a lot of problems at the higher up level. Um, I remember in the very first few years, there was a guy named James. I actually remember his last name. I won't say it, but gosh, I actually remember this dude. I've never met him in my life, but he became so famous because of how he would engage in worship. So obviously Liberty Christian University, we'd have like Convo. Convo just had like worship and then we'd hear from a speaker. And he was, and a few other people, he but he led it, were like dancing in the front. And I mean like, like just, 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 in the and it wasn't anything like choreographed. I mean, it was just his expression, like physical expression of just like joy in the presence of God in these songs. And I like vicariously worshiped through him because I was like, gosh, I wish I had the guts to do that. Because I do it when I'm alone. <laughs> like I dance when I'm alone. Like I, I have a lot of fun in worship when I'm alone. But when I'm when I'm corporate, I'm like I'm like pulled back. I don't know 99% of the people I'm worshiping with, and I think worship's really intimate. So this gets to a fundamental issue that I have with the church. Going back to the church. Um, unity is a big problem I have with a lot of churches. If we truly lived like, gosh, the New Testament prescribed the church to live. Um, oh, let me pause that thought. Connect it to another one and then come back. Um, so hang on, put, put a pin in that for a second. I'm sorry. I'm gonna, I have to go somewhere else here because I, this is where my mind's going. I remember when I first met my wife, I would never sing in front of her mostly because I suck, <laughs> but, but like, it, you don't usually do that. You don't usually, you're not usually like belting out songs when you first meet somebody specifically, if it's someone that you want to impress, right? You're like, yeah, I'm not a good singer. Let's keep that. Let's keep that way back there. Right. Um, but as you get to know someone and you become more comfortable with them, you start doing things that you normally would do, you know, you start burping, start like farting. That's yeah, gross. Right. Um, <laughs> you start singing, right. You start, um, those bad habits that you did really great hiding, like biting your nails. Those come back. Right? I bite my nails now. Right. All these, all the, like all these things that you were doing before they come back just be, just because you were with somebody at the time doesn't mean that they're just gone. It's just because you didn't trust that person. And, and so now that I've been married for almost three years, um, I, I, like, I just, I'll sing. Like if I'm, if I like a song, I'm singing it. If my wife's there, I don't care. I'm singing it. Right. There's a level of trust and there's a level of like comfortability with that other person that just opens up and allows me to just kind of be myself. And for some reason in, in like corporate worship in a church, it's really hard to do that. So I personally, I feel inauthentic with corporate worship. I know I should engage in it because scripture is so clear that corporate worship can be a really powerful way for me to experience worship with others. And like our souls can connect that way. And then our souls can connect in that way towards God. Right. So there is like a really powerful communal benefit to worshiping together. And there's a really powerful communal benefit in being aligned together through worship. There's a lot of cool things, but for some reason I feel like crazy and authentic. I just do like, I don't, I don't know these people and to respond the way that I want to respond would make me, it's like, I'd feel like a fool for some reason or I, where I'd become like the center of attention because no one else is doing it. 
kind of like how James was at Liberty, right? Like he was doing it. All of our eyes were on him. But like part of our part of us is like, I wish I could do that. Like he feels so free in his expression of worship to God. I love that. You know, there's that famous verse of David being so unashamed of worship that he would literally dance naked. And it didn't, it didn't even matter who was there. Like he was, he was so like free in his expression towards God. I'm not suggesting we do that. Okay. Everybody lesson for today is not just go out and, and start dancing with unashamed like nakedness. Okay. <laughs> I think that there was a time and a place for that. Um, but, he, but like, I think the heart of that is like, he was so unashamed of his expression of self towards God that he was willing to do it in the company of other people. And I think that, I think that, boosts other people's faith I think that inspires other people's faith. I think corporately there's so many benefits to that. But again, I just, I come back to the idea of like corporate worship today just feels like a regiment, a routine. It, it feels like something we just do rather than something we're truly engaging in. And those that truly engage in it feel like the outlier, not the, not, not the common denominator. And I feel like to truly get to that level, there needs to be unity in the church. That I know the brothers and sisters, and I know that's super Christian cliche, but like literally, like I know the family that I'm worshiping with. I know the family that I get to express myself freely to and in and with. That's a really hard thing for the church to be able to do, right? Because I, I, we've kind of segmented a lot of our church experience to a Sunday morning, maybe a Wednesday for small group. Yeah, I get it. You know, that's really hard. And in each of those times, I feel like, at least for me, like you're trying to kind of perform a little, right? I mean, it's hard not to, you know, you're there with other people. You want to try to look your best. I think that's a natural part of the human experience and a human desire to stand out. And, 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 and it's funny because in, in, in an effort to stand out, you end up looking like everyone else, but, but that feels more comfortable and like palpable for your soul. But I think your soul's always itching. It's itching to express itself. And those that express themselves were like, you know, good for you. I just don't feel comfortable. So I really wrestle with corporate worship. I think if I was connect, like deeply connected to like the, like the heart and veins of like a, a, a community church and really knew the people there and um, we're just like deeply connected with one another, whether we're friends or, or whatever that looks like, I do think there, there becomes an opportunity to really worship together, like actually worship together. Really, really, really. Where we're all so, so connected to one another and God that just feels like we can just be ourselves. What would that look like? Ponder that. Seriously. Pon- oh my God. Like really, what would that look like? A church of like 400 people, which I don't think is possible in the way that we structure church, but like a group, a group of 400 people that are so intimately connected with one another. They feel so comfortable around each other. They're literally family. When it comes to worship, what does that worship service look like? Like that experience that like praise to God. How in the, how, how does that differ than like your typical Sunday service? I would say it's probably literally, it's it's like night and day. I would, I would actually say if if you were new to that service, you'd probably be a little weirded out. (laughs) Like these people are way too freaking comfortable with each other and I'm not about it. You know, you'd be like, whoa, calm down. And actually I think that's part of the problem. Like we've, we've so circumvented being just like totally raw and real as a Christian with other Christians for the sake of being in, invitational and friendly and warm to the non-Christians. That's not how church was. Yo, you look at the early church, man. People thought they were literally freaking crazy. Like, dude, they're, they're speaking. They literally like the early church, Paul, people were saying these people are drunk out of their mind in the morning. They're speaking words that don't make sense. And Paul's like, no, we just have the spirit, man. We literally have the Holy Spirit on us right now. We're speaking in tongues of other nations. 
Like we we are right. They were doing crazy stuff. I'm not saying you know be all charismatic because there's a lot of charismatic movement stuff that is not even biblical. But I am saying, gosh, like if there was a church that was like truly unified and was like so connected, I feel like worship would corporate worship would be exciting. Corporate worship would be something that we would like want more than the actual message. You know, like it'd be a it'd be a time to really enjoy with one another. And I think that takes a lot of time uh, to build out. And I don't have any answers for the church, but I'm questioning it because I feel like a lot of, I think a lot of us feel that way about corporate worship. It's more of a performance. I think we do it as a routine and a regulation as part of the Sunday experience. But I think to truly worship there would require a lot from us and require a lot from the church. Regardless, I got to close this thing somehow. And I do think uh, no matter what, where you fall with corporate worship, I think worship in and of itself is a, is a absolutely critical foundational part of the Christian experience and how we connect with God. I think, you know, prayer and solitude and all these other things are incredibly beneficial to the faith. I think worship is immensely powerful to our faith and the human experience. And, uh, when we engage in it, it's powerful. And then I think, again, just going back to, you know, the prior conversation, I think music in itself is very powerful. And uh, I think to those that feel like music is just a thing that you do, maybe, uh, maybe think a little bit deeper about it. I I would argue that your soul is interacting with music on a level you're not even aware of, that it's getting things from those from those sources from that source of music from that source of worship that you don't, that you, that you don't even you haven't even connected the dots and maybe this is the conversation that connects it for you you go back and you just look at the music you're listening to and you're like frick you know like yeah my soul is just connecting to things i don't want it connecting to or yeah I, when I do engage in this, I want to be more intentional in recognizing that my soul is actually getting something from this, right? It's good. This is worship. Like, let's actually engage in this, move in on this, right? Not just make this a passing experience, make this a memorable experience, a momentous experience, a, a, an, an opportunity for our soul to really connect to the things that are deeper. Uh, wow. Like crazy powerful. If we, if we were mindful of that and intentional in that and recognize the power that music really does have in our soul. That's about all I got. It's the conversation I got. Um, love, love, love what music can do for us and how we can engage with it. And I hope that you feel uh, both challenged and encouraged in how music interacts with your soul. <laughs>